Hey folks, before we get started, just a reminder that my book, Dungeons and Durags, the namesake of this podcast, is available wherever you buy books online. It's funny and poignant, and if you dig the show, you'll like the book even more. And please, be sure to leave a positive review if you read the book and enjoyed it. I would be so appreciative. One last note, our shows will now come out on Thursdays, every other week. Look for us in Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, on with the show. You are listening to the Ebony Covering Black America Podcast Network, presented by Walmart. Dragons roared as one. That's a clip from the trailer for HBO's new Game of Thrones spin-off, House of the Dragon. Now, the series is a prequel that takes place approximately 200 years before the events of the Game of Thrones TV show. And it depicts the events that lead up to the Targaryen Civil War. Now, I, like millions of other people was a huge fan of the original HBO series. And likewise, like millions of other people, I was profoundly disappointed in how they ended the series. That being said, this trailer looks pretty fucking amazing. And I can't wait to revisit Westeros and the Seven Kingdoms. But it doesn't take long when watching this trailer to see a character who stands out. One of the characters in the show is black. And not just black, but like really black. Our dark-skinned brother by the name of Steve Toussaint. And he's not playing some freed slave or servant or any other secondary character. He's playing Corliss Valerian, husband to Rhaenys Targaryen. He's a major player in the storyline. This Valerian character comes from sort of like an offshoot of the Targaryens. Now... The creators of the show have gone out of their way to say how they didn't want a bunch of white people in this series. One of the criticisms of the original series was the fact that there weren't very many people of color. And as I alluded to earlier, the few that you had that were main characters were all slaves or freed slaves. So I, for one, think it was cool that they made a point that for this show, they weren't going to have a bunch of white people. Well, as you might expect, a bunch of people on the internet lost their collective shit. How dare they add diversity to this TV show? Don't they know that everyone in fantasy should be white? They're not actually saying that, but they're pretty much saying that. I was doing some research trying to get some background on the show, and I came across this YouTuber talking about his feelings of the show. It reminds me of why so many people said, why didn't I like Rogue One? And again, famously, yeah, I liked Force Awakens. You know, um, it took me a little while to understand my hatred for Last Jedi. But when it came to Rogue One, I never liked Rogue One as much as everyone else. And one of the reasons I said I didn't like Rogue One is because 
in the movie itself, I could feel that the casting was specifically to not put a white dude on the rebellion side. You can just see it. You can feel it in that movie. It's there. It's a tangible thing. And we're getting the same thing right here. But these clowns are admitting it up front. So let's read the article here from the Daily Wire. House of Dragons showrunners say they're intentionally including a more diverse cast in Game of Thrones spinoff sequel. One of their ideas is adding black actors to the roster of main characters and not as an afterthought. We're not racist. We have black characters in our show. It was very important for Miguel and I uh, to create a show that was not a bunch of white people on screen. Oh, white people bad. We can't have any white people. No, no, no. No, no, no. We have the virtue signal. We have to prove that we're not racist because we have black actors in our show we are not racist we have black actors um we wanted to find a way to put diversity in the show thank you for focusing on the most important aspect of telling a story diversity inclusion and representation diversity is not important telling a good story is important and if you are telling a good story for the right reasons then you can put whatever race or gender or sexual orientation into that story. Stop that. Basically, this dude is complaining about the fact that they specifically added diversity. Now, I don't know if you caught this. In part of his rant, he says that color, diversity, gender, sexual orientation, none of that matters so long as you tell a good story. But then like two or three minutes later, he's complaining about the fact that they have diversity in it, assuming that the story is going to be bad. And so it just got me thinking about all the other times in which diversity causes a ruckus in the sci-fi fantasy world. Whether it was the Moses Ingram character on Obi-Wan, or whether it's the fact that Amazon dared to make black elves in the new Lord of the Rings uh, series that they're creating, and black hobbits. Like... These people freak the fuck out whenever you throw black people in a fantasy world. And let's be honest, they are, for the most part, white dudes, straight white dudes, getting all bent out of shape. Classic white privilege. They grew up their whole life seeing elves that look like them, seeing uh, superheroes in outer space look like them. And heaven forbid, if we throw some diversity or we throw some women or we throw some um, trans or LGBTQ people in these TV shows. I mean, so I thought this would be a perfect topic to bring up on the show. Uh, I have a conversation with JD about it. Then I have a conversation with Yolanda a little bit later. She wasn't able to join the conversation with me and JD. And we get into, is it okay to change the race or gender or identity or whatever of characters from the original source material. Welcome to Dungeons and Durags, episode 21. Also, one more thing. Uh, we were having some technical difficulties with JD's computer, and so his mic wasn't working, so... His audio is going to sound a little off because he had to use his on-computer mic. You know, at some point, we need to do a montage of all of the technical issues we have had uh, over the past, I don't know, seven years. Because 
for two brothers who know so much about uh, Max and whatnot, we seem to have a lot of fucking problems. Anyway, uh, it doesn't really take away from the content, so here's the conversation. We started off the conversation by me playing for him the video that I played at the top of the show of the YouTuber, and then we got into it. He makes it sound as if they're cutting all the white characters out of the story, which they're not. I know. He, 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 they're just adding diversity to it. So he's blow, blowing a gasket as if uh, there's, there, there can be no minorities. But then on the, on the flip side, he says there can be minorities. If the, it just lends to the story. So I think he's saying what they're saying. He just doesn't like the way they said it. He doesn't like the virtue signaling or things they're talking about, which I can, as a white dude, you know, I'm sure he's feeling like, oh, I'm, that's all I'm hearing now is diversity, this, da, 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 whatever, whatever his stupid comments are. Okay, I understand where that's where he's coming from. But at the end of the day, he's basically saying the same thing that they're saying. It's like they're planning on making a good story that has a, a, a rich diversity of characters not to the exclusion of white characters per se. There's going to be, when I saw the trailer, I saw some people of color, but I saw a gang of blonde hair, blue eyed. Most dragon. of the people in the trailer yeah, are white. Yeah, they're all white. So, I mean, I don't know what he's talking about. I mean, it, here's my thing. My thing is if, oh, if it's around 10%, 10 to 15% black, cool. Cause that's what it is in America. And and then beyond, in which I'm, which I, I would be sh- shocked if it's 15% black people in this show. Maybe it could be. I don't know. But he didn't. I mean, I don't know if he had problems with the about Game of Thrones when they had all the brothers that were the the soldiers, the, the black, slaves. The black, yeah, like they had the soldier slave soldiers. I'm sure you loved the, the slave soldiers. Right, right. <laughs> the soldiers. Fight. I'm just saying. But there's also the black dude that was trying. That was Khaleesi. Like he loved Khaleesi, and he tried to lock her in a tomb Prince. or something. Oh, that's right. There's a brother there. I mean, you know. I mean, I, I don't know. I just the first thing is before I even. He keep he loved using the word clown. He's a clown. It's like you know. So I don't even know if I want to waste time on this clown. The thing is, is like they, Game of Thrones just needs to keep mashing the power of the rings or what, whatever it's called. The what is it called? The rings uh, of power. Rings of power. Rings of power. Uh, keep mashing. Make good shows, and then fools like this will just be irrelevant. They'll just fall off. You know, it, he already had a big huge strike against him when he talked about he didn't like Rogue One. I'm like, really? Because of Diego Luna? That's that was his beef because of what Diego Luna wasn't, you know, Peter O'Toole. That that I mean, it's like you had a white woman playing the hero, heroine. I mean, I don't get it. Like, <laughs> and I, Mon Mothma's white. Yeah, Mon Mothma, but there are a gang of white people in there uh, on the Empire and the good side, the bad side. There was a gang. Of he's white. he's saying that. I don't know. If you look at the force, you know, the rebel force that they put together. Uh, he said he could get a sense that they purposefully were trying not to put a white dude in it. If you look at most of the people on her crew, I Who's think she's her? Who's her? Um, Jen Urso's. So Jen okay. Urso was white, but yep. I think every I do think everyone else was a person of color. You had the Asian dude, you had Diego Luna. Right. Oh, and that little crew, the little ship. Exactly. Of the, of the, at ten people or whatever. Is exactly. he not a robots too? Robots not allowed in that? It's like, he doesn't count that. He's, he's, he's talking about He's talking about the main crew. He, he could sense that they were trying not to put a white per, well, a white dude. Yeah, he yeah he got some issues he got to work out. I mean, it, it, I didn't. It, it seemed fine to me. I mean, the main character is white. <laughs> the main character of the thing is white. I, I, I don't know. I mean, and again, it's like it's to me. I would give that like when you get to fantasy space operas. I right. think 
the sky's the limit on how you want to cash or whatever. It's not like we're doing a, a, a recreation of, you know, uh, a World War II scene exactly. where there's no white soldiers. It's all black soldiers. Because we know it was predominantly white soldiers. Exactly. Know? But there were black units in the World War II, but they weren't, it wasn't 90% black. Or whatever. So if that was his argument, then I'm, I'm totally with him. It's like, right. if we're going for historical context, but I don't know what history this is. This is, they're make we're making a It's make-believe. It's make-believe. So I, I, but then again, it just makes me, why are we even talking? Why are we wasting oxygen on this guy? It's like, because here's the thing. At the end of the day, if those shows are successful, he'll be forgotten and he'll look like an idiot. If they're not successful, they're going to be a whole bunch of, uh, you know, uh, white dudes that are angry because, and they'll, and they'll blame the failures of the storytelling on people of color versus the actual storytellers. Life is too short. We're in, we get into these echo chambers or tunnels where it's like, Almost like who cares? Because the thing at the end of the day, if the stories are good, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people watch it, and he'll be relegated to his idiocracy in his little corner of the web, which is cool. He do his thing and he complain about things, but mm-hmm. he I, again, when he's talking about Rogue One, I didn't even feel that because there's a like gang, of, and then maybe, and, and you know, welcome to the club, homie. Because when we watched the first three Star Wars, we have <laughs> one, we have Lando, but Kyle Ruzi. out of three hundred people, we have one brother. So <laughs> right. it's like and everybody else is white. So welcome to the club. Yeah, that was. But again, I just don't want to waste time. It's like, uh, who is? I want to know who is he? Is this dude like somebody important? Well, no. But the thing is, if if he was the only dude, that'd be one thing. But these kind of reverberations go throughout. Like, there's this whole dark web of in the fantasy sci-fi world. These are the people who get pissed off whenever you have. These are the people who you know attacked. The sister who's in Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, Reva. Reva. These are the people Reva who got Ranger. pissed at the uh, diversity in the pre in the no in the sequel trilogy. Um, you know, these are the people who who get upset that some of the hobbits are black. Who get upset that some of the elves are black? I'm serious. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> it's like they're a fucking what, a hobbits. Black hobbit? How dare Hollywood? <laughs> I know. It's like, it's like, like they've got five hundred and one, and the one is a black hobbit. Oh my god, it's too much! It's, it's, it's Actually, I think there was a couple. There were two black hobbits. One man is like segregation now, segregation forever. <laughs> and the, I made a TikTok video about it, and I said the thing that gets me is that these are made up worlds. Like, I remember people got up. I remember when. Uh, Star Trek came out. Was it Deep Space Nine? No, it wasn't Deep Space Nine. It was Enterprise. So it was like mm-hmm. the series after Voyage. It was no, it was Voyager. It was Voyager. So this was like the third series after Deep Space Nine. Right. It was Voyager. The Vulcan on that episode on that series was a was a brother. He was black. Yeah, Kuchet. What's his name? Kuchet, uh, I don't remember his name. I remember that guy. He was and he had a cold haircut. He reminded me of Dave Chappelle. He, he always yeah. had that funny. I, I, oh man, he was—he was. He was uh, <laughs> but the like thing it. is, but the thing is, when they made him black, there was all this uproar. How can you have a black Vulcan? Blah, blah, blah. When the right. truth is, like Vulcan is like a desert planet. If anything, it makes sense that you would have dark-skinned people on a planet like Vulcan. Hey man. But the thing is, I feel you. Vulcan is a made-up world. Tatooine is a made. Westworld is a made-up world. There's like. Who's to say that you don't have large numbers of black people in all these made-up worlds that people are freaking out about? And so, 
you know, one of the things that people bring up, like the character who's black in the new House of Dragon, he is part of a race that's an offshoot of the Targaryens, who in the source material are pale skin with like pale blue eyes. And so they made a conscious choice in this with George R.R. Martin's direction. Because he even said that when he was originally, con- I read about this, when he was originally conceiving of these characters, he thought that like that offshoot could have like gotten together because they were sailors, they were explorers. They could have gotten together with other races around the world. And yeah. that's why you can, whereas the Targaryens stayed they like they they inbred they they wed their siblings so it would make right. sense that pure Targaryens would stay pale, but this guy is a Valerian, and so, but we're talking about a made up world, and so, you know the question comes and I want to get your opinion on when a adaptation specifically changes a character or a race or a gender. From the source material your thoughts on that what would rub me the wrong way it it would be like if the targaryens you know or like you made a good point about the targaryens being in a, a, a or, or uh, uh martin made a good point about yeah. oh they're isolated i mean that truthfully happens go to ireland and see how many you know i mean you're gonna see irish people that are mainly white you know they're not to say there aren't black people or asian people or whatever mm-hmm. i'm just saying the the general population is vastly like Irish and white or whatever. Right. Uh, from what I know, I haven't been, I haven't done any census taking in Ireland, so I could be wrong, but my suspicion is that, you know, yes, and so right. for me, that would, you know, if I saw a thing about Ireland and it was all a mixture of all kinds of crazy uh, people and we're trying to do something historical or whatever, it's like, well, that doesn't really smack true. That doesn't, you know, right. And, and let's say it's not even historical. Let's say, let's say there is a history to this world that, uh, J.R.R. Martin created, right? right? So it's like there is a history. And so if it's pertinent, you know, I could also see some logic in like not having in this, like the Targaryen clan or people or whatever, or this one corner of that world, that universe being predominantly white or whatever. I think it's a good thing to have inclusion. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like if you have it, if it doesn't make a difference, if it doesn't right. make a difference here or there or whatever, we have different colored people and flavors of people on this planet. Why can't they have different flavors of people on other planets or elves on other planets? Exactly. You know, if we're going, you know, and it's like, and again, it's like if it's, and I think nobody would, I don't think pe- minorities would raise an eye. I don't think anybody would raise an eye if it's like, oh, there's, and, and again, we're talking about America. We're we're looking at things from American centric point of view, and mm-hmm. from my American centric point of view, it's like, oh, if you meet the threshold of like, let's say, uh, you know, fifteen percent black, you know, between twelve and fifteen percent black, we're cool. That you don't have right. to do anymore. I don't, you know, I don't want to change you to change everything to Wakanda just because you're right. trying to virtue signal or whatever. But you know, and then the Wakanda, hello, it's like Wakanda's in Africa. You're gonna see predominantly black people there. You know, and people get that. I, I understand that thing. Right. It's like we're general. Oh, these are the elves or whatever. So okay, cool. Or if they were, you know, not even black but Latino or Asian or whatever. It's like you know, what are the what is the mix? And we're only looking at it from a Eurocentric American point of view with that filter on it. Okay, let's just have like I said, fifteen percent black or what or whatever the the things roughly. I don't you don't have to hit a target number, but if it's just general, you, but there's a big difference between fifteen percent. You know, between fifteen like, percent and what? 
and 2%. Oh, 2%, you know, yes. Because a lot of times you see these shows, and maybe 1% or 2% black people. So for the 500 people you see on there, you get one you know, black person, everybody loses their minds. Over, oh, why is, why is there a black stormtrooper? Why isn't there a black stormtrooper? There's millions of stormtroopers, whatever. I remember John Boyega caught it when he, you know, when he came right. out in Force Awakens. It was just everybody was an upcry. Oh, my God, there's not black. You could have aliens and all kinds. You could show me anything you want. You could show me an alien with three arms and three titties and all kinds of six sets of titties and this and that or whatever. But don't you dare show me a black uh, stormtrooper. Gone a bridge too far, Lucas. So it's <laughs> like, you know, it's like, that's just ridiculous. So. All right, we're going to take a break for some sponsors. Stay tuned and we'll be right back. And to your point, you get brought up Ireland. Yes, the majority of Ireland is definitely white. Irish descent, yeah, white. But there are black Irish people. Like yes. at my job, you know, we have the the Slack channel for for black employees, and there are a few Irish. Like I've n- never met a black Irish person, like a person with an Irish accent who's black. That's dope. That's dope. That's a trip, but they are there. So, like, if you saw a black person with an Irish accent, you wouldn't. It may be odd, but they exist. They're out there, and that's yeah, how I think Cho, of like Cho Chang in, in in Harry Potter. She had a Scottish accent. So he's like, "Hey, Cho, yeah, you I, in college, well, I knew an Asian had a young going with Cedric Cedric Diggory. <laughs> yeah. right. And in college, I uh, had a friend who was um, Australian, and he was Asian. Yeah. And I know so, there's a lot of Asians in Australia. That that yeah, because they're you know, they're close like, to yeah, Asia. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but and I know they kind of you can have example you can you can have examples where they're outliers of a race. Absolutely, and that's and especially the, in this day and age where every exactly global travel. It's like come on, right. yeah. I think that this is also one of the the drawbacks of social media. Because it gives people a lot, it gives people megaphones. Yeah, and it's like, and it makes it can make them more loud or important than they should be. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just don't know that that's like that guy. Like again, when when you show me the video, it almost felt like it go. It, you'd have to stop like every ten seconds and see where he's conflating ideas or mm-hmm. there's things that he's not accurately speaking on that. I would say, well, stop. Let's, let's nail down on this point before we go any further, because you're conflating an idea, you're conflating a subject or an issue or whatever. These, this didn't have that. And and again, there could be, you know, I don't even want to, to me in a movie, I don't, I'm I'm trying to think of like, what is virtue signaling? Like what to you, like what, what would count as virtue signaling? Like where it means that someone's illegitimately in the movie but they had to put make them a different race just because they're virtue signaling. Like what right. would... They're doing that and they're making a point to talk about it so they can show how virtuous they are. That's the signaling part. It's like, look what we're doing. As opposed to like, if you just did it and didn't talk about it. The virtuous but, signaling... But I'm sure, but, that, but let's say you... Okay, but here's the thing that, you gotta, that people have to understand. If you as a filmmaker, I'm sure they didn't, probably didn't bring... Well, I would suspect they probably didn't bring that up at Comic-Con or whatever. I'm sure people in the audience said, oh, we're noticing black elves. We're noticing. So they're going to get asked these questions. So they have to have an answer for that. Exactly. So their answer would be like, oh, we're trying to diversify whatever you got. I don't know that it's necessary. And so they're they're taking a concerted effort to 
bring diversity to the thing. But to me, that's not like unwarranted. It's not like they're making, God, what would, it's not like they're changing someone who's classically white or whatever into a people of a, a person of color just cause. Right. You know, it's like, no, we're adding these new characters and we're going to put some flavor. Well, in this, this particular case, the character who's black, he's his his color is not specifically mentioned in the source material. But because uh-huh. his race is an offshoot of the Targaryen, the assumption would be he would be white. But that being said, his color is not specifically mentioned. It's not well, said. Who like, is it? Like, what, what is there? Cor- you yeah. know who this character is? Yeah, his name is Corliss. Um, He's coming in Val- the new series. In the new series. Yeah, his name is Corliss Valerian. And, and is he a brother? Is he black? Is he Latino? What is he? He's black. He's a dark. He's the dark-skinned black dude with the white dreads that you see in the trailer. Okay, I kind of yeah. But in the so, original source material, his his race, his color is not mentioned. But he's an offshoot of the Targaryens, so the assumption would be that he would be white. Well, what I would say is this: it can that can also lend for interesting storytelling because maybe exactly. he's a mixed kid that you know they got with one of the Targaryens because you know they get around. So it's like you know, and that's the point that Martin was making. That yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't see a problem with that. It's not everything. I mean, and one of the examples that I gave was in Battlestar Galactica when they made the remake. Yeah, they did a lot of gender and race changes, like Boomer in the original. Uh, was a black man, and in the remake was an Asian woman. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. and in also the mo- Starbuck. Starbuck, Starbuck, yeah, Starbuck was, was a man. Was she yeah. was a man. It was a man in the original. Katie, Kate, what's her name? Uh, oh yeah, Katie Sackoff. Katie Sackoff, yeah. Uh, Who's now and, a Mandalorian in the Mandalorian? So she yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Uh, so. And she was the most popular character in the remake. Yeah. I think all things being equal more diversity is better because, you know, particularly people in our generation and before we grew up, anytime we saw ourselves on movies and television, oftentimes it was negative stereotypes. So now we're getting into a world, thankfully, where, you know, one of the most popular shows on Disney Plus, a Muslim girl is the main character. Lots of positive examples of Muslims on television shows now. When we see black people in television shows, movies, and particularly sci-fi and fantasy, there's more positive representation. And like we learned in our radio film school series, in order to get that kind of representation, you have to be intentional about it. And, you know, one story I'm going to tell is when I did my radio film school preview, it was like a 12-minute preview, and a woman filmmaker emailed me saying, the preview sounded great, but you realize all the filmmakers in that preview were men. Like, yep. were there no women filmmakers? It right. didn't even occur to me. Like, I didn't set out to only interview, and they happened to be all white men. So I didn't, like, set yeah. out to do that. There you go. It's just ingrained. So, like, yeah. I consider myself an ally. But even I wasn't – I was blind to the fact that I was picking all these white guys to interview. And so I think – because that's ingrained. In nearly a hundred years of the Academy Awards, only three women have ever won Best Director. The first one right. didn't happen until 2010. The second one wasn't until ten years after that, right. and then the third one wasn't until two years after that. And 
So you you mean to tell me that hundred years? Right, right. So obviously there's a gender issue, and to to get over that you have to do like what Ryan Murphy did. He purposely makes all his crews fifty percent women. All these filmmakers grew up watching white people on TV and movies, so that's who they're going to think about when they think about who should play an elf or who should play the hero or who should be whatever. Right. And so you have to go out of your way to find people of color, other um, demographics, LGBTQ women. And so as long as it's not specifically hurting the story, particularly if you're talking about adaptation, I think right. it's fair game. Unless you're doing, like you mentioned earlier, some type of historic piece like about like about World War II or medieval Europe, then yeah, the majority of the you know the cast right, right. should it be should white. Make sense. It shouldn't. It shouldn't like right, right. change. Unless you change history, right? <laughs> it's just, you know, unless my only caveat to that, my my only corollary to that is, unless you're doing something experimental like Bridgerton or Hamilton, right, where you just kind of course. you're trying yeah. to flip it. But that's an outlier. Yeah. They're like they're not trying to tell his, an historic story. They're trying to do something interesting creatively. Right. But for the most part. If you're watching a movie or about trying to tell a historic story, but in an interesting way, in an interesting like, way, like because like Hamilton, they are trying to tell history, but they're in an interesting in way, a, and like, they're doing yes. it with hip hop and all that kind of thing, totally. Right. And so well, he, he, that guy must have blown a gasket when he saw Hamilton. He oh, I'm sure had plenty a, of people had a seizure. <laughs> um. So, but yeah, for the most part, if you're talking about real world examples, it should be historically accurate. But when you're fucking talking about made up worlds. Who the hell cares if, it, if the story is good, more diversity is better. And really, you get white dudes, heterosexual, cisgender white dudes who are used to being the shit at the top of the totem pole. And they hate the fact that they are no longer. The they they're still at the top. They're still at the top. Exactly. Like, you're right. still at the top, homie. You're still, you know. Right. The example I use is like if you have two kids, two toddlers, like one is six and one is two. And for four years, the six-year-old had all the toys to himself. And now the parents are taking some of his toys and giving it to the two-year-old. So he feels like stuff is being taken away. But he still has most of the toys. He's just mad that some of his toys were given to the two-year-old. And I think that's what a bunch of white people, particularly toxic Reddit readers, these toxic Twitch players and whatnot. And like you said, you know. Eventually, hopefully, they'll just fade out as more and more diversity happens and we see more and more stories. And as long as it's going to be good. And come on. In that video, that dude contradicted himself because he says you can pick any race, gender, sexual identity that you want as long as the story is good. He says that. And then two minutes later, he says it's going to be a disaster. And the only reason he gives is because of the diversity. Stay tuned, and it will be right back after this break. After my conversation with JD, the next day I was able to have a conversation with Yolanda, and I always like to get her take on these things. And we had a little bit of a different angle on the conversation. So here's the question for you is... 
just generally speaking, what are your thoughts on creators who specifically change a race or gender from the original source material when they adapt it for film or television? I feel like it's too easy for me to sit here and criticize mm. those choices from my seat because mm. there are so many factors that go into getting something made, getting it mm. greenlit, getting it financed, getting it cast, like the all the people who are, there's so many voices and there's mm. so many things. And so it is frustrating for me to be in an industry that will say <laughs> and mm. have a framework around here's how we can sell this mm -hmm. or here's how here's how we can do this and this is how once we can put these pieces together we can have a reasonable certainty enough to say we're willing to put forth the amount of investment to make this movie mm -hmm. i have been in those rooms and i have seen the math behind mm. these calculations like intimately i've seen it i know where it comes from and i was like you know all the you know we're running the profitability strategy you know all of it and right. it's frustrating because it is called show business and it is a business and people who are doing it are doing it for business purposes and they are trying to earn a profit but at the same time i'm like it is supremely disheartening to not be in those circumstances and not give other people the opportunity to be in those roles because in a lot of those circumstances, they could do just as good of a job from a performance standpoint, if not better. And the audience might still completely enjoy it. We're making suppositions about what the audience will mm -hmm. like and enjoy and go out and see. And so it's just really supremely frustrating. One of the things that <clears throat> African-American creators and producers frust uh, you know, struggle with right now is being told you know our stories don't don't travel and don't translate across the globe and that's being right. disproven a lot all the time and so i think that applies in other content and other projects and the the gatekeepers are making assumptions about what can work around the globe they're making it based partly on empirical evidence of stuff they put out but the people who've made the decisions about what they put out and how they promoted it and what they've done with it are people who don't understand outside of their own culture and their own realm and and also cultural zeitgeist around the globe of what people are interested in. And, the, and they're not willing to put things to the test and then and then things come out and oh it's a surprise it's a surprise hit no well if you if you would have paid attention to the fact that you know what is k-pop k-pop is 
you know, some mixture of like R&B and hip hop or whatever that exists in Korea based off of them listening to our culture. Mm -hmm. So if you put something, I mean, these, the people who are making the decisions are limited in their vision and their focus and in understanding what might translate and what might do well. And, and that's what's being put into these decisions. It's sad. It's about fully understanding the crux of what we're trying to do because, and you, and you and I and JD had a text conversation about this, this past weekend. There's plenty of people with good hearts and good intentions mm -hmm. who are about the cause who say, yeah, let's make sure everybody's represented, but they don't really understand it. They don't see it. They're not really paying attention. They're not rooted in it. They just say the words. They actually literally believe that that's what they're about, but they're not really comprehending the problem and seeing it and where it lies on a day-to-day -day basis in the business. You said I was part of this text conversation? That's a ring a bell. You were. It was about DEI. And what does that mean? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> now I remember. Yes. Diversity, equity, inclusion. I do remember the context of that. There are people in this business who truly believe in their little hearts that they are about the cause, they're doing things to make change. It's not for those people. It's not about measuring the numbers. It's about the fact that they don't really comprehend the barriers and the challenges and what needs to happen. Even in that context, I will say to you that text conversation that we had, that was not the first time that I had to scratch my head about certain individuals in this business and me doing the work of saying, hey, here's this great person. They are so talented. Unfortunately, they've been artificially repressed from ascending to greatness. And you should really pay attention. Here I am. I'm holding them up. I'm holding them up for you to see and saying, hey, look at this person. Look at this person. They're amazing. They're amazing. And then that person getting a tiny little chance and then people be like, oh my God, they're amazing. They're right. amazing. Right. And then what came out of that was, oh, they, they're great. We should hire them for a back kitchen role. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, are you serious right now? Right. I'm literally, that's the example. That's the problem of Hollywood. And those people who have the ability to make decisions and to make hiring choices and to put people on are people who believe without a doubt that they are about the cause. That's the problem. When you tell that story, it just reminds me how so many, there's so many situations where essentially liberal white people are oftentimes more of a hindrance than the right-wing wackos. Yes. And funny enough, even, I mean, it goes back to Martin Luther King. I mean, his letter from a Birmingham 
prison. Yes. Specifically yes. with scalding, you know, the liberal white pastors of the day of being lukewarm for the cause. Because they were right. saying, you know, maybe this isn't the right time. He he was like, it's never going to be a right time. And, and, you know, one thing that the right complains about that they, I think, are correct in their assessment is the amount of hypocrisy in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it goes to, you know, Harvey Weinstein and how long yes. he was able how long yes. he was able to get with a get away with shit that Yes. Come on. Yes. You people didn't know that monster was doing what he was doing. Everybody knew. Everybody yeah. knew. That's the whole thing. Everybody knew. Um and same thing for Mr. Cosby, Bill. Yep. I mean, he yep. was definitely empowered to continue for 30 plus years. With you. And so you have all these people in Hollywood, you know, who I think a lot of them do virtual signal. I mean, here's the thing. It's so easy mm-hmm. to say these platitudes. Right. What I find and what I have observed personally in a few instances, like I'm happy to have the people who are willing to uh, try and publicly campaign for the right thing mm-hmm. because we that's needed too. But I say all the time, and I have witnessed personally, what are you doing and what are you saying when the shit hits the fan, when mm-hmm. it gets hard, when it's personally hard for yourself, when it's going to when it's going to be a situation mm-hmm. where you taking a stance or doing something, making a choice, putting something out, mm-hmm. saying something, standing beside somebody is going to mean personal sacrifice i've seen it and i can tell you i have been disappointed on many occasions because you're not going to make change without sacrifice it's Mm. not going to happen and i can tell you that i yolanda t cochran am Mm. ready to sacrifice Mm -hmm. and then maybe some small ways have done so people aren't willing to do that Right. And that is the problem. That's where this is all getting hung up. Yeah. I would think you've been in the business long enough to know that it, it probably is not going to change. It's not. And 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 I don't want to persecute anyone for this because most of the people who get into this business are doing it because they have this, they're compelled to their artists and they feel like they want to share their art with the world and what they have inside them and they want to do it and they they want to have an audience and they want to have a platform to be able to get their what it is they want to share out and they're not going to be able to do that if they are cut off from the platform Mm -hmm. so i i understand that and i understand it's like i'm not i didn't i didn't get into my art sometimes i mean you would think like art is about certain things, but like everybody's art is about it's personal. So some people don't want to encumber 
their art with a whole bunch of other shit that their art isn't about. Right. So that's fine. Like they don't want to be in a situation where now like I'm getting canceled about something that has nothing to do with what I was trying to say in the first place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, that's fine. That's totally fine. I don't fault anybody for that. But it almost sounds like you're making a, a case or argument that oftentimes the decision makers are choosing not to run with diversity for business reasons and someone like this YouTuber would say, that's not what I'm seeing. I'm seeing Hollywood make diversity choices just for the sake of diversity choices. In the cases of like this TV show or some movie or, uh, or the other Amazon show, there was people, there were people complaining that some of the elves were black and some of the hobbits were black. I mean, it's really unfortunate because I don't necessarily disagree. I think you don't disagree with what I don't disagree that some of the choices being made are monetary as opposed to, Hey, we should be representative. They try and claim that they're being representative, but that's not really what it's about. Okay. You're saying it's about at the end of the day, it's still about money, and they realize it's always about money. It's always about money, and so, so then, so so here's the sadly, thing. sadly, uh-huh. the people who there have been some rare instances in the history of Hollywood mm-hmm. where visionaries have made decisions and have been in positions to make meaningful decisions that move the culture of Hollywood and the stuff that you're watching. Mm -hmm. And that has been few and far between. And even those people there, there's a whole host of people beneath them who don't really get it, can't see it. It's, and so there are, there have been those gatekeepers who cannot see the Mm -hmm. translatability of diversity and understand how it has a true value beyond, oh, we're checking boxes of diversity. Like understanding there's cultural value in it. There's those people who, but don't have the say so. And now we're into this conversation where, oh, we need diversity. And one of the things, you know, I've done a ton of work in this space within the studio system outside the studio system of diversity and inclusion and you know at a certain point I was saying I need to internally make the case of this is not about a virtue this is you have a business impetus to make this decision because the empirical evidence proves that you will, your bottom line is going to do better if you diversify. Like it is like, I can prove to you that if you have more diverse casts in various of your projects, you're going to have higher ratings, which can mean higher ad sales. You're going to have higher box office, all this. And so put aside the virtue of doing it for the right reasons, do it for business reasons. Like I was, I was setting up an argument to say, here's the business case for diversity. Right. Which is so sad because it's like, okay, now we've, now the pendulum has swung to, 
a lot of people who are making these decisions based on monetary. And it's like the people who kept us out were making decisions. So they thought based on monetary, the people who are trying to bring us in are probably doing it based on monetary. Nobody's really doing it for the right reasons. You can make the argument the right reason is monetary if it's show business. Right. I mean, yeah, if you're looking at it from a business standpoint, it's absolutely the right reason from, you know, monetary. But the right reason is let's tell stories about human beings. Mm -hmm. That's the reason. Guess what? The human race is not all white and they're not all male and they're not all straight. Can we do that? That's the reason. Wow. Normally, I would have a really eloquent and poignant ending to the podcast, but fuck it. I don't think I can top that. To all you people out there who appreciate diversity in your science fiction and fantasy, I'm excited for what Amazon and HBO have to bring. And to you right-wing racist assholes who get your britches all up in a bunch every time you see the sight of a black elf or a black Vulcan, live long and prosper, motherfucker. Lost what felt like it all in a game. Every man I've measured out to hurt me before I could ever feel safe. The Dungeons and Durags podcast is a production of Blade Runner Media and Bonnie and Clyde Productions and is part of the Ebony Covering Black America podcast network. This episode was written, produced, and edited by yours truly, Ron Dawson. Special thanks to my black BFFs and podcast peeps, JD and Yolanda Cochran, no relation to Johnny. Music used in the show is licensed from Artlist as well as Creative Commons songs from freemusicarchive.org. All of the television, film, podcasts, and YouTube clips are copyrighted of their respective parties and used for education, critique, commentary, or satire. Check out the show notes for our statement on fair use. If you like the show, do all the podcasty things. Rate, review, share with your friends and family. Let us know what you think of the show. Shoot us an email to podcast at dungeonsanddurags.com. You can even leave us a voicemail message on our website at dungeonsanddurags.com slash podcast. If you leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts, we just may read your thoughts and stories on the show. All of my social media is now simply Blurred Runner. That's Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. I write about race, religion, creative arts, and business on Medium at rondawson.medium.com. You can follow JD on Twitter and Instagram at thatjdcochran. And Yolanda is on Twitter at rat in a wheel with all the words separated by underscores.
That's it for the show. Stay safe out there. And remember, having white privilege is not bad. Denying it is. And in the absence of biblical certainty, choose love. Until next time.